0: Episode 353, What If T'Challa Became a Star-Lord? What If, Season 1, Episode 2.
1: Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.
2: and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. A magical place
0: hello and welcome to another episode of welcome to level seven a podcast about the marvel cinematic universe agents of shield movies loki even the Inhumans. Every once in a while we talk about that. But today we're here to talk about Star-Lord in the What If series. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I have been joined by my co-host right over there. It's Samantha. Hello. How you doing, Samantha?
1: I'm doing well. How are you?
0: Good, good. Good to get back on the, the microphone with you and talk about An episode of the show that I, how did I describe this? The first episode of what if got me excited this episode of what if it kept my attention. And by that, I mean, I felt like, where can they go from here with, with Captain Carter? And then they gave us this. And suddenly I'm just thinking to myself, oh, so this is going to be the standard. Is this going to be a Jessica Jones situation where every episode is just straight four out of four or four out of five, you know, is it a hundred percent perfect? No, but is it really, really good? You better believe it. And I think that they have set a bar for themselves and there's nothing yeah, wrong with I that. Know
1: about, I don't know about you, but watching this episode, I may have had some issues with my allergies and I had to grab the tissues.
0: Uh, no, I didn't.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, it it did make me tear up a little bit. And I, I, I'm really sad that Chadwick Boseman passed away. Really sad because he was just a phenomenal actor. However, this was a really lovely way to end his acting legacy.
0: Yeah. And what made it even more, I, I'm, and I'll use the word lovely, like like you just used. What made it even more lovely was that this was not meant to be any kind of, you know, statement or, you know, this is my legacy kind of a thing. This was just a thing that he did and it was just a touching thing that he did. Now it may have been touching in a different way because of his passing, but at the same time, just, I don't know, there was just something so special about it because it was just a part of his his career it was just here i'm doing this thing and it's really really good and it's really really meaningful and i think it's made even more meaningful because it wasn't meant to be like a here's my last word kind of a thing even though it was the last words he spoke as that as that character it wasn't a send-off it was just this is the character yeah and 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 it works as a send off because I think almost anything this character would have done would have worked as a send off. It uh, yeah I, I don't know if I'm explaining myself very well with that, but
1: no I I totally get it because I was thinking about in contrast James Dean who died in a car accident tragically after his third like after he completed work on his uh, third work which was Giant. That was he's only done three films, and that was it um in that film, his character is left highly intoxicated and just in a big sad heap, basically I mean I hate to spoil that movie for you, but it's been out since
0: what the late fifties yeah well before either of us were born
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um. But it, it's a fantastic movie. Um, I and it, I rewatched it recently. It has a lot of topics that are still very relevant. And I, I remember the first time watching that, thinking that is a really sad way to end his three movie legacy. But with this, I mean, it was just. I mean, I, I can't. I mean, I feel like we're going out on this really lovely note with Chadwick, and I'm I'm really glad to see that. You know, it it was really heartwarming this episode.
0: Yeah, because of the themes. I mean, there's a lot of really strong themes in this about family and about change and about being the change that that changes the world. Right. And obviously, we'll get to that, but uh, in this episode instead of Peter Quill being picked up as the correct person who's supposed to get picked up by, uh, by, uh, Oh, what's the, what's the name of their the the ravagers. ravagers? Yeah. Um, instead of Peter Quill getting picked up, they accidentally pick up T'Challa and they bring him on board <laughs> and uh, yeah. And he becomes star Lord. And as a result, the galaxy is a much, much better place. I think, I think we can do like a kind of snarky retitling of almost all of these. And my snarky retitling of all of of this one would be what if the guardians of the galaxy were actually good people, (laughs) you know, (laughs) instead of the people that they ended up being. And, and, and for, um, uh, and then another thing you you could do with this is you know obviously what if like what they're doing with with T'Challa, but for the other thing we can do is is look for the Nexus event in these and and for this one the Nexus event is is very simple. They pick up the wrong human child, and I find it a little bit funny when they're like talking about how they messed it up because. They, it's the kind of thing where it's like, well, they all look the same to me, kind of a thing. He's got two see holes, two hear holes, one mouth hole, or breathe, or what eat hole, whatever it was. Um, but yeah, it, it it was a little bit funny with that. But then you look at the guys who are talking about that; they are some of the most human-looking people in the group. <laughs> like
1: I know, I know. I mean, they're supposed to be Cree. <laughs> And the Kree really don't look that different from the Earthlings. Well,
0: the Kree are like the, the Kree the are blue, but it's yeah. it's not it's it's um it's James Gunn's brother thought, who who played the one guy, and then it's yeah. it's uh, Taserface, right? Yeah, and and they both but, just you know they they don't have much makeup to make them look ma- very alien at all, and so it's just kind of a I thought oh. I thought
1: some of the Kree had more human-like skin tones. Am I wrong? I, I thought that's how it was. It's just... Blue skin tone just happens to be another... Um, manifestation of their skin pigment.
0: Oh, I, I thought they were blue. I might be wrong. I might be wrong on that, but... At any rate, he gets picked up. Yandu says, yeah. Hey, stick with us. You want to see the world? What about... The universe. And so T'Challa stays with them. We later find out that they did go back to Earth. But Yandu said that Wakanda had been destroyed by a war. And so T'Challa stayed with them until he was an adult. And as a result of staying with them until he is an adult, this is where we get a lot of the what if stuff going on here. <laughs> because it's uh, the war doesn't kill Drax's family. And so he's not a warrior out for revenge. He's a bartender. Um, Thanos gives up on his plan to destroy half the galaxy because he starts helping the ravagers help the galaxy. Because T'Challa
1: talked him out of his plan.
0: Yeah. (laughs) He talked him out of it. And so they do their missions where they're helping people and it's it's Robin Leach or Robin Hood <laughs> and they
1: Robin which, Leach of all the Robins out there. That
0: Robin was the Leach. perfect Robin for them to, to choose because. Yeah. You Lifestyles
1: know, uh, of the rich and famous. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> which I remember watching. I mean, I'm not sure how long that show lasted, but I remember watching that when I was in junior high and elementary school. And just it was when I think about it, I just think, why, why did I care? But I won't, I mean, it was on Saturday afternoon and I watched it.
1: <laughs> I remember because I had some really terrible insomnia that I did not let my parents know about for a long time. I remember watching Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, like, like at one thirty in the morning after the Late Late Show finished. So that's uh, that's how I remember it is I was up really late watching television and here comes Robin Leach and and people's yachts and big houses.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I do remember when it was on. It's just I was watching it at a different time of
0: day. Well, probably because it was syndicated. And so the t- yeah. the TV channels got to choose when they would put it on. So. Yeah. So this is a Robin Hood type of story but it is also then the plot of this story is a heist and they are going to go and try and get this cosmic plant dust stuff from the collector and this cosmic plant dust stuff is going to terraform planets and completely do away with with hunger on a on a galactic scale. They truly are guardians of no, they're they're gardeners of the galaxy is what they're going to be. Uh <laughs> and so they are going to steal this from the collector. It's fun because we get the moment where they're talking about the thing, and then they you can see it happening uh as they're as they're talking about it. And and that's a lot of fun. You have them then the plan goes wrong and we find out that Not only is it a heist, but there is the mandatory double cross, which becomes a triple cross because, yeah, you've got, uh, what's her name? Nebula. Jeez, I can't. I'm just doing really bad with names lately. Nebula's there and she's the one who tells him about this and she's the one who wants them to go in there and they are going to uh, work together. But then it looks like she has double crossed T'Challa, but then it turns out to be a triple cross because she's actually still helping them. And they win the day because family as adopted children help their fathers beat bad guys. And then you know, because I'm... the Guardians of the Galaxy aren't oh. who they are, um Ego comes to Peter Quill who's working at Dairy Queen. <laughs> of
1: course.
2: And
0: Ego's plan is going to be uh different. I mean, the plan's the same, but the result of the plan is going to be different because the Guardians of the Galaxy are not who they were in the movies.
1: Yeah. Um so First of all, I did not recognize Nebula at all. I don't know about you, but when she came on the screen, I'm like, okay, who's this Cree woman? <laughs> and even Karen Gilliam, she she characterizes the voice in a very different, more relaxed tone. Whereas in the movies, it's it they put this filter on it so it sounds almost... I don't know if the way, if it's just the way that she's talking because I know she's characterizing her voice to be sort of like... Clint Eastwood's voice and all of those spaghetti Westerns that he's done.
0: Well, she's, but, yeah, she's playing it more, much more angrily in the movies yeah. here. Relax is a good word for it, but here it's not so much that she's out for revenge. You know, she, she's actually in a, I think a fairly good place.
1: Yeah. She's on re- relatively good terms with Thanos
0: yeah they don't get along, but they aren't trying to kill each other, and he's not torturing her.
1: He's not torturing her. he's not trying to kill half the universe,
0: no, although he still defends his plan. <laughs> he still thinks it's a logical plan that could have worked, but then everyone just reminds him, no, it's genocide, yeah, so
1: it's not genocide, it's random uh, I got it
0: <laughs> no, it's still still genocide, still bad, yeah. But this brings him up as, you know, a not unreasonable person. He's not mad here in the same way, but you definitely, this is a situation where you have one person's choices affecting his world. And so as T'Challa is brought into this group of people, the question is, is it nature or is it the nature of the world around you? It's nurture versus nature. And As far as like what happens because of T'Challa being who he was, he has a great effect on the people around him. And this is what I think is, you know, you you use the word lovely and I'm going to use that word probably now to describe this episode. This is a lovely episode because it's about a person who decides I'm going to change the world. I'm going to be who I am and I'm going to spread kindness. I'm going to reason with Thanos instead of go to war with him. And I'm going to help people. And yeah, we're still going to rob people. We're still going to steal. We're still going to fight, but it's to help people. And as a result, Yandu lives a better life because he's affected by T'Challa. Thanos lives a better life because he's affected by T'Challa. Everyone in T'Challa's circle is affected by him. And I love it so much. You've got, um, now I'm looking at the list, so I don't lose the names now, but you have Korath, the name that I wouldn't be able to pull out without looking it up, But who who confronts him at the beginning, and he's like, I'm a fan of yours. You've done all these things, and it's an honor to even fight you. It's an honor to be defeated by you.
1: (laughs) And then he encourages him to strike.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's what I love about the theme of this episode is as this episode is going on, you realize, okay, this is one man can make a difference and not just make a difference, but make a positive difference by, you know, spreading kindness. Now it's a very, you know, maybe I'm being naive and maybe I believe like that as, as I believe this is possible, I believe that this can be done, that you can change your world by being good and kind. You don't have to always be fighting. Now, it's child is ready to fight back, you know, don't get me wrong, but he did so much good. And I believe that this is something that it, our world, we can, we can do good in our world and affect our world. And we should not just, we can, we should, but I, I think it's lovely. I I really like this episode because of of just the way that they present T'Challa and the way they present how he affects the world around him.
1: In many ways, it's like the old Kirk and Picard argument, you know, who's the better captain and, you know, Kirk goes in like a cowboy with guns a-blazing and and Picard, he always always tried to take first the diplomatic approach. And you get that with T'Challa versus Peter Quill as the Star-Lord.
0: Yeah. You also get with Peter Quill. I mean, he totally, he's in with the ravagers, you know, he's, he's doing their thing and doing things the way they do them. You know, it's, (laughs) you get the impression that maybe, maybe they don't choice
1: for a hero. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and the other thing I like about Peter Quill is that there's room for growth in that character and, as much as people dog on him for losing the battle with Thanos, like it was all his fault if he hadn't gone against plan or whatever, the character makes sense and works and has had some growth and you know go has gone through this the all the stuff with ego and all the stuff that he's gone through. I appreciate the character. don't get me wrong, but here is actually a Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy with T'Challa like this character probably would be a little bit boring. If it was just always about, like, here's these really good people doing good things. Or here's this really yeah. good person being the glue that holds everyone together. Um It's not, a, not quite as funny. It, this is funny to us because we get to see all these reversals on characters that we know. And, you know, you've got You've got Drax saying your money's no good, and you know get, being the literal guy. They're still the same characters, but we see them in different light, and it's kind of yeah. nice.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I do appreciate that it does have a happy ending. It's just, I mean, it's it's the old thing, you know. Why don't you see as much reality reflected in TV and movies? It's because sometimes most reality in storytelling is kind of boring.
0: Yeah, yeah. But the other thing is Guardians of the Galaxy is what it is because of James Gunn. Yeah. You know, and so much of his personality is in that and I don't know that James Gunn could write a pure heroic character like they do with T'Challa here. Maybe he could, but I think that his impulse would be, even as he's trying to write that, his impulse would be to find a way to diffuse anything with with humor and and that's what guardians of the galaxy did guardians of the galaxy if there's any kind of um serious moment that's being played straight you gotta break it with a joke quickly you know and 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 don't let people you know feel the seriousness for too long because you gotta you gotta break the, that tension with a with a joke and then the Suicide Squad breaks, you know, brings it up to 11. I was curious because they said for the Suicide Squad, the original villain that James Gunn really wanted them to fight, or not villain, but just the thing that they wanted he wanted them to fight, was Superman. Oh, interesting. And when I heard that, I thought, like, I would love to have seen that because I would love to see what would James Gunn do with Superman? How would he play Superman? Would it be something where he... You, know, you would he be able to present these evil people who are murdering murderers who murder and bring out like just these little pieces of good like he did in the Suicide Squad? But would he still be able to pr- present Superman as a paragon and as a virtuous hero? It could be done. It'd be really interesting to see the dichotomy going on there where they have a mission and they're going after this guy who is just a good person and, um, but also super powerful. I, I, I would love to see what James Gunn could do with that. He produced a movie that was his take on Superman. Did you see bright?
1: Hold on. Yes. I, th- I think so. Did I, it's Let basically, me
0: look it up. it's basically the, the Smallville sp- uh, portion of Superman. Okay but the kid turns out to be evil and he finds out that his legacy from his world is evil. And he goes and and realizes I'm super powerful. No one can stop me. I can do whatever I want. I can create my own morality and I can kill whoever I want. And it, it's a horror movie.
1: Is this the one with Will Smith?
0: No, no, No. that's Hancock.
1: Well, there's the, Bright with Will
0: Smith. Oh, that movie! So Hancock is is Will Smith as a slacker Superman. Um, the bright you're talking about is
1: uh Netflix film.
0: Yeah, it's it's basically a buddy cop movie in a world where trolls and elves exist, but it's modern. And he's he's the uh, the other cop. He's the human cop who teams up with a with a troll. I think it was a troll or an orc or something like that.
1: Joel Edgerton was playing the character, I think.
0: So maybe it's not called Bright, but I'm pretty sure it is.
1: Give me a moment. My My laptop is being slow. Bright Burn. Bright Burn. Bright Burn. Oh, that one. I was not really interested in that film.
0: Because it's a Superman horror movie. Um, yeah. Produced by James Gunn, written by Brian. And Mark Gunn. Uh, And then it turns out to be a uh, kind of a... What's the word I'm looking for? It's almost a mini superhero cinematic universe. Because there was a movie that... Oh, what was his name? Dwight... From The Office. Man, I am oh, super. so bad with...
1: It's called Super.
0: Yeah. Well, Super might be a, in the same universe as this. Okay. I think that's what it was.
1: I did want to see Super. I just... Yeah, I haven't gotten around to seeing that yet. I mean, I was telling you earlier... I don't know if I told you this specifically, but I am just now getting around to seeing the Cobra Kai sh- uh, series.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So... Brightburn is James Gunn doing Superman and basically it's very cynical and it's a horror movie that is absolutely a horror movie. I mean, and it's kind of interesting when you think about it, the idea of, of Kal-El coming to earth could, it lends itself very well to the, the horror, uh, to a horror movie. But at the same time, that's not what Superman is like. That's they're not saying, Oh, here's Superman taking to its logical conclusion It is saying, Oh no, here's, here's my twist on a cynical and edgy Superman story.
1: Actually, I would have liked to have seen a version of Superman with James Gunn, because in the DC universe, they try to turn Superman into this like cynical character or into that type of character. And to play that kind of character against this, the almost, this, well, literally silly cartoonish versions of these bad guys who are, quote unquote, the heroes of the story, um, because every bad guy is the hero of their story, I would have really loved to have seen that.
0: Well, yeah, that's what intrigued me is could he pull off a virtuous hero who is actually a good person and doing good things for good reasons. And if he could, yeah, the dichotomy of (laughs) you've got these people who obviously are out of his league trying to kill him. And (laughs) how does he shrug this off? How does he fight back against them? Especially, you know, to me, the story becomes, now this is me, this is not James Gunn necessarily, I don't know where he would have taken it. But to me, the story becomes, how does Superman rescue them from the little bombs that are implanted in their brain? How does he rescue them so they don't have to try and kill him? Hmm. And and that's, that's the Superman story to me. But the Suicide Squad story is them trying to, like... Well, we're going to die anyway. Might as well die trying to take out Superman one way or another. He could kill us with his laser eyes or we could die with the bomb in our brain. So there's there's definitely interesting storytelling potential there. And I would really like to see what what James Gunn does with a character who is just virtuous and good.
1: Yeah. Then Then again, laser vision or tiny bomb in my brain. I don't see there's much of a difference between the, you know, the, the threat levels that that seems kind of like to be on the same level. Well,
0: that's what I'm saying is it's yeah. going to happen one way or another, but if we kill him, we can survive, you know? Yeah. So, but that's oh, wait, James Gunn. They... That's the suicide squad. That's not <laughs> T'Challa and Chadwick Bozeman.
1: He, James Gunn wrote a Wile E. Coyote screenplay. Yeah, I have not been watching the news much lately.
0: Oh, I don't know anything about that. I do know that the Peacemaker character from the Suicide Squad, they have a TV show on HBO Max that will be coming that apparently. The executives at Warner Brothers came to James Gunn and said, hey, you have anything else for us? Like we want to do a TV show. Which character do you think would work? And he's like, well, I did just happen to during uh, COVID write a season of television about the peacemaker <laughs> and he was just doing it for fun in quarantine. That's the legend. That's the story that I heard. I don't know how true it is, but it yeah, is a story uh, that I've heard.
1: I do see it here. It's currently filming. Um And it looks like James Gunn is also writing. It was just announced the Starsky and Hutch TV series.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: So that's going to be interesting too.
0: So back to T'Challa and Star Lord. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple things we're missing here, and that one is Howard the Duck. He's back.
1: Yes, he's <laughs> back. He's being voiced by Seth Green. I almost did not recognize him at first. Um I I am not I just haven't had much of a chance to watch Robot Chicken, but I know that he is really great at voice acting. And when I rewatched um this episode I was, of course, looking at the IMDb trivia, and it says that in the German dub, Howard the Duck was voiced by the same guy who did the German dub for the 1986 movie.
0: That's radical.
1: Yeah, that's really good.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Here's the deal with the cast for this. I think that you can get spoiled watching the credits of What If? I feel like you almost have to put your hand up and cover the bottom of the screen while you're watching this for some reason, I missed the fact I had the, same note.
1: I had the same exact same note. I wish they would not put any credits in the beginning.
0: Yeah. Just, yeah, so, just,
1: just sh- put up a title card. That's it.
0: Sean Gunn, Kurt Russell, Benicio del Toro. Yeah. Karen Gillian, Seth green. Now I don't know if Seth green was in the beginning credits or not, but
1: it was, yeah, he was? his name was there. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, you get all these names. Once I saw Josh Brolin was in this, I'm thinking what? Okay. So Thanos is going to be in this. Now, obviously I didn't know what they were going to do with Thanos, but it would have been much more of a surprise to have him just pop up. And it still was a little bit of a surprise, still a little bit of a surprise because he pops up and he's doing stuff. You're not expecting him to do, but yeah. Um, and we did know that Howard, the duck was going to be on in, in here because we had seen him in some of the trailers, but Yeah, I, I was really, I was really glad that I missed the Kurt Russell credit. The second time I watched it, I saw it, you know, (laughs) at least I think I did, but, and then he shows up and and Kurt Russell shows up for what? One line. It's like spare a little time for dear old dad. (laughs) Yeah. And that's it. They got Kurt Russell to come and do one line. That's pretty awesome.
1: Well, I'm thinking they brought him in because they cannot get Chadwick Boseman back for season two. But an organic place to go from here is to jump onto to the Peter Quill ego storyline and see where that
0: goes. Yeah, but here's what I don't want from this series. I, I like the one and done kind of thing. Now, do I want to see more Captain Carter? Yes, absolutely want to see more Captain. Captain Carter. And if that is the only one that they come back to, that's fine. I think that's actually pretty cool. If that's the only one that they, they come back to, but so far we've got two episodes. They both have set up a possible sequel. So we'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes.
1: Uh, Speaking of where it goes, (laughs) really bad transition. (laughs) Um, so, as I was watching this movie, right before you see, was it Hell's little head crown?
2: Mm-hmm. Hello? Yeah.
1: You see a glimpse of Cap's shield.
0: Not only that, you also see Thor's hammer.
1: Yeah. Which makes me think, okay, is this in the same universe? As, it, it cannot be in the same universe as Captain Carter, because...
0: She brought that shield with her. It's not. And and so what's fun about this is you get to kind of extrapolate, like, well, what happened? So because T'Challa was not on Earth and Thanos didn't do the things that Thanos was going to do and all these different, you know, repercussions that spread out like a like ripples in a pond, you know, to change the world. You get a situation where the collector has uh, has uh, Death's uh, not Death Hella's uh, helmet and the <laughs> Thor's hammer. I don't know who's moving it around for him, but it's there. <laughs> Captain America's shield. What else is back there?
2: I would Let's have see. to go back. There's a lot of just episode.
0: weapons there that I don't recognize, but the hammer and the shield are definitely there. Oh oh oh. And this is bad. What? The uh the fist that he's using. The fist that he's using is from someone from Korg's race. And it might even be Korg. Oh. Because he says he got it from I'm gonna get the, the names. Oh I did a search for Korg to get the right names, and it took me to Kroger.com <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's do Korg and Marvel and let's see if
1: uh Oh, there's also mention of the uh the the was it the ice giants from Thor two? Oh no, no no I'm sorry, the, the the Dark Elves.
0: So so he says specifically, I hacked it off a particularly chatty Cronin. And that does describe uh Korg. <laughs> <laughs> So that oh. was Korg's fist that he was punching T'Challa with.
2: Uh,
1: so we sort of got a cameo from Taika Waititi. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Speaking of, he was in a movie I went and saw over the weekend. He was in Free Guy. and Oh,
1: I want to see that.
0: He was hilarious in that movie. Just plain hilarious. So funny.
1: On a scale of one to 10, how would you rate that movie? Eight. Eight. Okay.
0: Yeah. I I can't recommend it to everyone, especially young kids, but because there's just some, some jokes in it that are just way off color, but they're very subtle. But at the same time, it's the kind of thing where I'm not going to take my son because I want to explain it because he's going to know it was a joke. He's going to want to know why it's a joke And I'm just not going to mess with it, you know, but at the same time, as a mature adult, I was watching it and just thinking to myself, this is almost a perfect movie as far as just being funny and just being genuine. And it's not based on any IP. It's similar to like Grand Theft Auto or or a multiplayer online role playing game kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. But it's just it's just good. It's just really good.
1: Hmm. I might talk my husband into seeing that soon
0: yeah I, I think it'd be worth going to see i laughed quite a bit and I laughed out loud quite a bit i was the only person laughing out loud at certain parts because maybe i'm just the only person with the particular kind of humor that they were aiming for but okay yeah for sure
1: okay i don't know i don't know because i proposed to my husband today because i do not like the the Twilight series. I heard the concept. I saw like a five minute segment of the first movie as it came on TV one time, and I was like, "This is one of the worst things to come out. That's targeted at young girls or, or at young women." Um, it's. I think it's a horrible series. It's a horrible concept. It's. It could. It needed to be written by another set of hands. I am, and I am not sorry to say that. But I heard that the tracks version. is one of the funniest riff tracks ever. So I today just talked to my husband into sitting down and watching that uh, the next chance we get. Because um, I I was watching, what was it, Cinema Therapy on YouTube, and they were reviewing it and talking about how horrible it was. And I was like, yes, I agree with you 100%. And then the guy who is actually the licensed therapist, he said he literally peed his pants a little. Uh, listening, uh, watching the movie with the riff tracks. Well, I, <laughs> so, so I was like, okay, I'm sold. <laughs> yeah.
0: G- generally speaking with riff tracks, I've stayed away from the ones where you have to like, queue it up and watch it with the movie. Um, but they've released so many, so many. Uh, movies yeah. where they actually have the rights to show the actual movie along with their riff that, you're not going to run out of it of riff tracks to watch anytime soon. Right. <laughs> they, yeah. They do a lot.
1: <clears throat> I do like the, I am grateful that they can at least do something that, you know, it's not something that's released with the movie and it's like an open track, but if you can sync it up well enough, you can, what they did was that they could create an extra layer to the movie without having to pay for the royalties themselves. Yeah. So I really appreciate that. So it's, it's like watching MST three K again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, even on Amazon prime, you can look up, well, there aren't as many right now. There used to be a lot on Amazon prime, but they go through different, different seasons. So, uh, about this, this episode, I, I just, I like the themes, the themes of family is similar to guardians of the galaxy where you've got this family that's put together. They they're together because they choose to be together in some ways. And, and they're together because the choice has been made for them in other ways, but that sticks around here. Yandu as a father figure is here. He's I think a better father figure to T'Challa because T'Challa is a better, uh, son figure, I guess. <laughs> I, I don't know, but, uh, yeah, I, I, it keeps that kind of thing going on. It keeps the space adventure going. That was also fun. So you have Captain Carter last episode, World War II action adventure. Here you have your, your space opera kind of kind of going on. Uh, it is nice to step into a world that we already kind of know. You could see nowhere again, the head where Collector lives now. And yeah, it's just it's just fun. Yeah. It's It's a lot of fun. And it's a very positive episode. In fact, the only the only family situation that's not super positive in this is Peter Quill and Ego at the end. So
1: yeah, and that can only go to someplace really dark. <laughs> and because Peter doesn't have that experience in space, the question is, can he survive Ego?
0: Mm, but what is curious is you have the what if about. Okay so if his father figure is not Yandu what kind of a man is he That's what kind true. of a man does peter quill end up being his mother probably still died yeah and
1: but he still had his grandfather
0: yeah 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 so there could be some really interesting things there and a very different kind of story you know you get a the life of a guy who's just living in the in in the Midwest, working at a Dairy Queen, you know, very much uh, a Jack and Diane kind of uh, John Mellencamp song mm. kind of a thing. Yeah. So
1: it makes you wonder. I mean, could he be the owner of the Dairy Queen franchise in that area? He could be.
0: Maybe. I mean, he's mopping after hours, so.
1: Yeah. Which Actually, could be anybody it, who it works could, there. It could go
0: both ways with that. <laughs>
1: yeah, he could also be just you know the guy in the back, you know, making the Dairy Queen cones.
0: Yeah, but he also could be the manager because and he's he's mopping because you know his employees wanted to go to the Friday night football game. Yeah, and so I mean, he's like, "Yeah, you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay here and mop." And what happens when that kind of guy gets taken to a living planet? Who wants to take over the universe?
1: Or what if he's just the kind of guy that's very content to be, you know, the manager of a Dairy Queen? Yeah. And he doesn't want to leave Earth and he's very happy with his life on Earth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or what if he's the kind of guy who just hates life and yeah. all he can think about is this is all I can do? This is it for me? Dairy Queen? What? I was made for more than this. An ego can tap into that. You know, there's, there's a lot of different ways you can go with this, but the episode yeah. we get here, a lot of fun. And I do like the way that they take care of the collector. It's a nice comeuppance for him where he gets attacked by his collection.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I like it a lot. Yeah. Well, as uh, Stuart likes to point out, We have gone longer than the episode. We have some feedback, though, and the feedback is from Stuart.
2: All right. Hey, agents. I really enjoyed episode two, and I'm sorry I can't be there on the podcast, but uh, you know how life gets. I just want to throw some notes at you guys real quick and uh, let you know what I thought about it. (laughs) First off, I think this might be my favorite of the three. Yes, I'm recording this after the third one has come out, but I think this might be my favorite of the three because there's so many connections and so many, like, little things that if, you know, if we've been watching these movies and these TV shows for, what, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, may mean, like, 60 years now, and so we know what uh, all of these little things are. So, like, when... um. When Thanos snaps his fingers, we know what that is, right? And when when uh, when uh, the Collector loses his bracelet and his assistant gets it, we know... I mean, like they didn't really show it in the show, this episode, really that much. But we know that it's because he treated her like not good things. So that's why she took it and was like, yeah, that's cool. It is for this episode specifically, but this series in general is for us <laughs> it is absolutely for the marvel fans who have been watching the mcu following these movies watching them religiously and i i love it and i love so many different things about it you know the the recycled jokes and how they're in different forms of con you know they're different context and like when um korath is bowing and at T'Challa. He's like, should I, should I be bowing? That That's taken from Black Panther, right? And and so that's really fun. And I, I really enjoy that. It was weird to see that, you know, that Thanos was actually in the episode. You got to admit, I wasn't expecting that because, you know, Thanos was a bad guy. So like, what are some constants in the what if, you know, quote unquote canon? And the answer is Black Order. I don't think those guys would ever be good. Although I'd love to see a what if where they're like, you know, they sell ice cream at, you know, like a Baskin Robbins or a Dairy Queen. Spoilers. (laughs) Of course, how are we going to talk about this and not talk about Howard the Duck? Give Howard the Duck his own series like right now, because let's be honest, we need it. We should have gotten one. There was the there was The Offenders, and uh, it was going to be on Hulu and all that sort of stuff, and now it's not. But that would have been a fabulous series. Here's the thing that got me the most. We were sympathetic. Empathetic. We had feelings for Thanos. When the Black Order is uh, taking Thanos down, we're sitting there going, but but he's Thanos. How can... He can't... Can we take it... It's amazing that the last time we saw Thanos, the Avengers were assembling, and he was about ready to get his, you know, he was about ready to go down. And then this time we see Thanos and we're like, oh, buddy, come on. You're just purple. It's fine. You're just purple. Yeah, that's, I love this episode, and I can't wait to see more. Um, but like I said, this is probably the the best I mean, in my opinion, the best of the three. And I'll leave you with this last little bit of anything. Do you think Khan would have stolen the embers of Genesis? And then do you think, like, Kirk would have gone after him?
0: Well, Stuart, as you know, Genesis, simply put, is life from lifelessness. And yeah. It could be used for a weapon. We saw it. We saw it get used as a weapon, but it also could serve the purposes. I mean, both Genesis, both Genesis's could serve the purpose of being a hammer that can destroy and break down and tear down or being a hammer that can build. So yes, the answer is yes. Kirk, Khan would go after it and, and, and Kirk would go after it and you'd end up with Pretty much the same thing. I'm not sure what how Spock would turn out, but pretty much the same thing. And, of course, Stuart, I do want to thank you for calling in and giving us a Star Trek reference. Thanks, Stuart.
1: We did manage a Star Trek reference on our own without him. <laughs> Stuart, we don't always need you for a Star Trek reference, okay? <laughs> We love you buddy.
0: Okay, but back to what uh Stuart was saying about Thanos. We we've talked about, you know, one person can change the world and and that's why Thanos is that different Thanos. And it's true though. I think though Thanos in the movies as as larger than life as he is, the way that he's killed by the Avengers, it's quick and it's easy after he's done with his thing. Uh I I think that he's not this. He he's not invincible. And so when when the Black Order is taking him down in this episode, and Nebula sees it, she feels the same way we do, which is, yeah, it's okay, buddy. As Stuart said, you're just purple. <laughs> I'll come help you.
1: Well, yeah, I mean the the Black Order was helping the Collector, which. There was that one after credit, which seemed like the Collector was, well, not seemed, it it, the, it made it clear that the Collector was also after the Infinity Stones. So the alternative is, it could have been either Thanos or the Collector, who takes over the universe using the Stones.
0: Yeah, although, what would the Collector have done it? He might have just put it in a slab. He might have just slabbed it and, and put it away for no one to ever see it, because it's just part of his collection. Maybe. Who knows?
1: Maybe. I
0: think we need to shut down this episode, though. Time to be done. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. You have any final words, Samantha?
1: I would like to say stay ordinary. Stay good. (laughs) I would like to thank our Patreon patrons, Jeffrey Tazzle, Blessed Cheese Maker, 084, not 084, 084, Julie, and Andrew. Thank you very much. And I would like to thank Stuart for writing in. Gee, I wish you could write in more. (laughs) Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah, we we miss you, Stuart. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And there's a couple different ways I thought about ending this episode. One is maybe, you know, bringing up Stewart, who can't be here to defend himself and talk about Stewart's superpower that he can bore people to death using only a sanctimony. I, I could have gone that direction or <laughs> could have on a more positive direction about how, you know, I just love having having Stewart on on the podcast because he's a, you know, he's he's a treasure. And and he does a lot of good for us. And, and no treasure has as much value as the good that can be done with it. Thought about going with that. But I think I'm going to stick with probably the best advice that this episode gives us. The best advice that you can possibly get from this episode of What If. And that is this. And Stuart, this is for you, buddy. Keep this in mind when you're out there doing your thing. But it's not just for you it's for everybody when you're out there doing your things when you're out of luck always go duck thanks for listening to welcome to level seven you've heard from us now we'd love to hear from you you can leave us a voicemail by calling one seven seven five five That's seven. 553 8357 Or send us an email to feedback at welcome to level 7.com. Just don't forget, the seven is spelled out. You can also go to welcome to level7.com slash feedback and leave us a message there, or join us on our Facebook group, Facebook.com slash welcome to level 7. The 7 is spelled out. And don't forget, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash welcome to level seven, seven spelled out, and become a Patreon supporter there. Once again, thanks so much for listening, and Godspeed. Mm Hey, Samantha, you want to talk about the Eternals trailer? Sure. Let's do it. Let's talk about the Eternals trailer. I am going to go and see this movie. This trailer is a good trailer for a movie that sounds like and looks like it's going to be a good movie. (laughs) It looks (laughs) epic. How's that? (laughs) What?
1: It looks marvelous. (laughs) And it has a really great cast. (laughs)
0: I'm really, really curious about this movie because it looks like it's going to be one of those. It looks like it's going to be of a piece with some of these other movies that are coming out and other things that are you know, this classic sci-fi kind of vibe. Um, like I think that this might make a good double feature with Dune or something like that, you know, cause you, it's just this uh, centuries spanning science fiction about hidden societies And, you know, going back 7,000 years and you've got spaceships that look so cool. You've got Kirby, Jack Kirby looking Celestials. No, that's not Galactus. I know people have looked at that in the trailer and said, is that Galactus? No, that's a Celestial, which we've seen in, in Guardians of the Galaxy. But this movie looks like it's going to be that and then it's also going to have the James Gunn, Joss Whedon uh, humor going on as well. So yeah. hopefully they let these genuine moments sit when and you don't have to have someone express genuine emotion and then have it followed up immediately by a quick, a quick joke to diffuse the emotion. But we'll definitely have some quick jokes in this movie. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see.
1: There's a really good one in the uh, in the in in this new trailer. About Ikea.
0: Oh, I, I must have missed that. Don't you remember? No.
1: Oh, it's at the very end of the trailer. Yeah. People listening will know what I'm talking about. And you can go back and rewatch watch it. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, this movie has been in the making for a long time. I remember when Daniel was on the sh- on the, our podcast, before Stuart and I joined, when Stuart and I were just listeners that every once in a while would write in. You guys were talking about it then. This is like, what, phase one?
0: Well, they were mentioning it, and, yeah. and then they brought it up because I really feel like this filled in the slate when Inhumans became unavailable to them Because Perlmutter made a TV show. And so the movie side had to make a course correction. And so they brought in Eternals because they they wanted another group, you know, now they had no idea they were going to have X-Men. Become available to them as well. And so I think that if the the Fox merger had taken place earlier, we might not be getting Eternals, we might be getting X-Men instead. But instead, you know, Eternals was on the slate. It was. Yeah, I mean, they had Eternals on the radar a long time ago, but then Spider-Man kind of pushed things around and and upset the schedule. And. Yeah, they've been talking about it for a long time, for sure.
1: Yeah. All right. So here's my one big question from the trailer. Sure. What is a deviant?
0: Yeah, so the Deviants were also, I don't know in the movie context what they're going to be, but the Celestials created Deviants on Earth and also created Eternals. And the Eternals and the Deviants have been in this, like, ages-long war behind the scenes on Earth between each other around and in in between the cracks of human history. And, Mm. And so that's kind of just the the quick, quick background um, of what, what deviants are.
1: Would it explain natural disasters such as Pompeii? Like maybe their battles triggered Pompeii.
0: Well, yeah, I, I I don't know. Something like that. that. Again, for the movie stuff, I don't know what's going on. And for the comic stuff, I'm not super familiar with them other than that. They show up and they were in my role-playing game. I had in high school. Um, and it's just, yeah, they, they were, they were mutated, but it wasn't like a natural mutation, like, like mutants, the X Men, it's a natural mutation that happens because they are part of Homo superior. Well, deviants were created by the celestials out of human DNA and out of the human. Out of the Homo Sapien line, the deviants were created, and
1: oh, okay,
0: yeah, and and that's so in the comics. I'm not sure what's happening here with with them in in the movies, but uh, in in the comics, they were created by the Celestials. So, okay, yeah, and again, that's that's kind of a, a flyover based on what just what I know. So I might the details might be a little bit off, but but if they are, it's not too much. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, look, look what happened to uh, Sylvie in the Loki series. In the comics, she's the Enchantress. But in the Loki series, she's she's a variation of Loki.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: So, anyway, like most Marvel movies, the trailer does nothing for me. I already really want to see the movie. <laughs> And so when I say the trailer does nothing for me, it's nothing against the trailer, but it's like, if I'm sitting down to eat a slice of Panthers pizza, which is this really, really good locally owned pizza, pizza shop here in town, just a couple blocks away from our house and the new place where we moved to, if I'm sitting down to eat that slice of pizza, I don't need to hear or see a commercial for Panthers pizza. I'm already there and I know it's going to be good. I don't care how good the commercial is. The pizza's in my hand and I'm going to eat it. And that's the same thing with this movie. And cool. any other trailer we're going to talk about probably with the MCU. Yeah. Although Shang-Chi's trailer, I really do not like the opening joke that pops up, especially on YouTube for the ads on YouTube, where it's the shirt, the, the, the shirt, it's the line, what happened to your shirt? And he shrugs. And I'm just like, I bet that joke's really funny in context, but it's stupid when it's like the opening line of your 30 second youtube commercial it just doesn't doesn't do anything for me
1: well if you think about a lot of heroes especially if they're they're like have like bulletproof skin for example like with luke cage a lo- there's a lot of heroes that they go through a battle and their clothing is in shreds so I kind of get where that joke comes from. It's just, I don't think it has the whole setup within the trailer, which I think saying, is what is you're it, complaining about. Yeah, yeah.
0: Out of, out of context is it's not, it doesn't do anything for me and it just makes me kind of scratch my head and go, huh? But I'm still going to see the movie. So it's okay if I'm scratching yeah. my head and saying, huh? To your trailer thing. But yeah, just, I'm sure in context is probably going to be a good laugh line But out of context. I'm just, why, why, And then we move on because you know what? I'm going to go see that movie and I'm really looking forward to it.
1: Yeah. The trailers are really for people like me before I joined the podcast, because before I joined the podcast, I did not see all of the MCU movies, but I saw most of them. Like I, I don't know if I had any real interest in seeing the Ant-Man movie until I joined the podcast. And then I did and I went and saw the movie and I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. The trailers are also for the super fans who take the trailers and break them down scene by scene and even screenshot by screenshot, uh, which we just don't have time for. And that's the kind of thing that I would yeah. love to be able to do. It'd be so much fun to be able to sit down and just go moment by moment and look for every little thing in the background. But that. Fortunately, there are YouTubers out there who can do it for us because we don't have time for it. But yeah, I mean, the trailers are for people who are trying to find secret messages. And they're for people who don't know what they're watching and don't know what they're getting. And we need to make sure they know what they're getting. And that's why the studio is like, we've got to get a good trailer out there and make sure people know Eternals is going to have grand sci-fi. But it's still going to have humor like Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, and yeah that that's what the trailers have to do is sell the movie and I don't need to be sold. I'm ready to eat that pizza.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For the MCU though, you cannot entirely trust trailers because they will change things for the trailer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the the super fan who's trying to break things down scene by scene and screenshot by screenshot. That's why they do that. That's why they do that can't remember there was a, a movie trailer recently i wish I could, but there's a big deal about how you could see the clothing that one of the people were wearing in the background and that that told people a whole lot about oh no it was walking dead that's what it was walking dead ended on a cliffhanger they didn't know who negan hit with his bat with uh lucy or whatever the bat's name is and and the reason I don't know is because I, I stopped watching right before we got to the, the Negan stuff, but he hits someone and you don't know who it is because they cut to credits. You know, it's the end of the, the season. It's a cliffhanger. And then they have a, a promo for the next season and people are able to look and see based on who the dead person was was near and they knew the order that the people were standing around in a half circle and they were able to figure out, oh, this is who died. And so before season one or not season one, before season 11 or whatever it was began, people knew the the big mystery to that cliffhanger because they were able to see who was still standing in their position. Not not from anything other than, than just really picking apart that, that promo trailer split second. So... I don't
1: watch Walking Dead. I have no interest in zombies, so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you got some coming for What If, so.
1: But, yeah, I do know who Negan is because I've seen Supernatural and Negan plays the dad on Supernatural. Oh. course, same actor and, yeah. Cool.
0: All right, well, we need to shut this down. We need to get going. So, thank you, Samantha, for spending some time with me to talk about this stuff. And I'll talk to you next episode.
1: All right, thank you. Bye.